on page 40 in the top line. Just to recap what we spoke about on page 39. <coughs> um, we ended off with the two types of beater which are expressed in the para and the chamoir in this in this halacha of amachlif para v'chamer. How we have to move out each one of these two types of things. And every, every, every different type of bitter, which the Torah commands us to do, refining process of, of, of freeing the divine sparks, sparks trapped within the physical existence by connecting them back to their divine purpose, the Torah has an instruction on how we should go about refining this physical entity and how we should go about uniting it back with its divine source. And that is the learning, how we learn this. According to Pimus Atayda, the halachis of However, somebody who switched this type of the the, the type of birurim, which he's supposed to do, he switched the parah birur with the chamer birur, amachli Then the pesach halacha, then the Torah says, what should you do in that such a case? That's how you learn the halacha in a way of abstracting, stripping away the physical component of the halacha. So that's the difference between learning Torah in this world, also in learning Torah in Gan Eden, that the learning in Gan Eden is the pnimis of the halachas from Torah, the inner core of the halachas, not just the physical uh, existence of those halachas. So just like it is in when you're speaking about Yediyas HaChiyuv and the positive knowing of something, that the more that you know in Yediyas HaChiyuv in the actual Matsyas of the thing which you're trying to understand, then the, the higher you'll get in your Yediyas HaShlila and your knowledge through abstraction, so too it is in the learning of Niglov Teda and Pnimis Teda. The more that person knows the depth of the Sugis of Niglov Teda, then the more that he'll also understand in Pnimis Teda because they're both... Yediyah in the way of Halbasha is Nigleter, and Yediyah in the way of Havshata is, is Pneumisatera. The same, same synonymous with Yediyah, Yediyah And the more that a person deepens his mind in the Pneumisatera, the more that he also will be able to understand the Dakastik and Yanim, the refined, abstract Svaris in the Sugis of Nigleter. Just like the other way around, Yediyah Sachiv, they and in idea where of Hasaga and Halbasha and Havshata, they mashlim zeze, they complete each other. So the more that you're involved in in, in knowledge and Havshata, which is Pimisatera, the more that you refine your intellect and you'll be able to understand the sugis in Niglovtera. And that's what it means. Lahab and Dover and Teich Dover that from the Teich Dover of Diasachiyuv, which is the Bemalikolomim, which you can have an actual knowledge of that actual aid. You should you have to come to the from that Teich Dover. You have to come to the actual idea of the Dover, which is the idea through Shlila, through negation, through abstraction. And if you don't understand, um, so that is if you don't understand the the Dover, the the Save of Kolomim, that shows you that your idea, your your idea in the way of Chiyuv. Of the teich davar is also not a true idea. Therefore, since you don't get the idea, the the idea of shlila, you're also that shows you that you're not really having a proper idea sachiv. And so too, and it comes nigla and pimis and also in mimali and seviv. The teich davar of the mimali kolam, you can understand the seviv kolam. The seviv kolam is found equally everywhere, just like mimali kolam. The difference is only is that mimali kolam is revealed and and individualized to every single creation. The Seva Kolomim is a energy which is Nelam, which is hidden because it's above, it's an unlimited revelation, which is above the comprehension of the limited minds, the limited creations, and it's more generalized. It doesn't fit itself according to every creation, meaning that it shines everywhere equally. And that's what it means. Adam ubehema Teshia Havaya. That man and animal are totally equal compared to this Teshia Havaya, compared to this Gili of the Rachmim, which stems from the Reimimus of Malchus. So basically, Yediyas Achiv, Yediyas Ashlila, Memalakolam is Yediyas Achiv, Sevukolam is Yediyas Ashlila, 
the more that you know in the higher you can get and the more you can understand Seviv. In fact, if you don't understand Seviv, that shows you that you actually weren't having a proper Yediyah Sechiv because they're, each of these types of ideas are Mashlim they complete each other. Um, and this all started from understanding the the Dugma Lamaila of the two types of Rachmim which come from Eshba, from, from Kiruv or Rihuk of, of Malchus. The Rachmim which comes from Hergish or comes from uh, Remimus. Which is stemming from these two types of revelations of divinity of Mamalakalam and Seviv Kol Om. So now, this is all according to um, say the Rishtal Shalus that the fact that Adam uh, and there's a difference between the creations of Adam and I mean, the Rachim, which comes out of the Hergish, which feels the differences in creation, Ashkacha Pratis, the individualized divine providence, Mamalakalam. How Malchus becomes a direct source for, for uh, uh, Malchus of Tzilis becomes a direct source for Biyah. However, when Malchus in its an exalted state, in its pneumistic state, totally removed from the worlds, at that level, Adam and Behem are totally equal. And therefore, the Rachim is Teshiyah Havaye is, is Nimshach equally to both of them. Because the Rachim is coming inside the Rebimus, it sees that they're equally, both equally uh, insignificant and shuffle, and therefore, they uh, is drawn to them equally. And that's the idea that Seviv Kol is called Seviv Kloli Shekoyelus Kulam Vichenes Klal Adayim V'Nimshach Misham Merachim V'Kulam Meshavim. Seviv Kol includes all of creation in a general way, and therefore it's it's drawn down to everyone equally, in a general way, not taking into account the differences between all of them. And even though that Seviv Kol now we come to the point that even though Seviv is a Eir Kloli, which from there is Nimshach Merachim to everyone equally, nevertheless we must say that even Seviv Kol has a Shaykhis to the Oilamis, and therefore it has its Shaykh to say a Rachman, which comes from that level of Mitzah Hergish, that it feels the differences of creation. Even though usually we say that this Rachman is totally above this idea of Hergish, we must say still that there is Shaykh in a Hergish. It's just not a Hergish Prati. It's not feeling the individual differences between every creation in a Derech Prat. Rather, this is a indiv- this is a, uh, a Hergish Kloli, Ksas Hergish and Kloli. And the proof is from the from Ninveh. Hashem says, "Should I not have mercy on the city of Ninveh, which has people in it, 120,000 people and animals? So, including people and animals together, showing that it's coming from a level of mercy, which is mercy, which doesn't take into account the differences." The Remus of Malchus Seviv. Even on that level, though, it says Achus, which implies a feeling of closeness. So, seemingly, if we're talking about totally removed, and the creations have no comparison whatsoever to that removed level how could there be hergish which implies a kiruv so we must say that even malchus how it's in its in its exalted state has somewhat of a shaykhist to elamis starting on the top of page 40 if he would say this level of malchus the penis of malchus doesn't have a relationship and closeness to worlds at all then you wouldn't be able to say that this level of malchus is totally removed and exalted from them which is because it has no relationship at all to worlds. So the fact that you're even saying that this level of Malchus is totally removed, totally exalted above worlds, you're still comparing that level of Malchus to worlds. The fact that you can use worlds as a comparison means that they're in the same realm. Therefore, you can compare, you can bring up, you can express the greatness of Malchus, showing that it's so much above worlds by comparing it to worlds. The, that very fact that you're comparing it shows that they're in the same realm. Therefore, there is some what of a shaykhis of the, the, the relationship this level of malchus has with worlds. And we must say then that there is somewhat of a relationship, even to this exalted level of malchus with worlds. The BMS he named So we must say in truth that he um, malchus. 
and this attribute of Malchus, the Pneumus of Malchus. With Davkin, we can also name Mr. Malchus is Havokolim, Mr. Nebrahim. And specifically from that, how Malchus is totally removed from creation, so not how it becomes a direct source in clothing in, in a Pneumus stick away into, into the creations, but how Malchus is totally removed from that removedness, that Remus of Malchus, specifically is what has what brings it to being the existence of the creations and the worlds from that exalted level of Malchus. And that's usually what we explain in the difference in Sevev and Mali. Sevev gives the actual Metzias of the Welt. It's the Ishavos. It's the bringing to being of the creations. Whereas Mamali is the Chayas Pnimis, the Chayas of the Ilamis. The difference between Chesidus explains in Ishavos and Chayas. I'll take your Mahave El Machaye. That Mahave implies the Etzim Metzias of the Welt, bringing to being every creation, its actual existence. And then after it exists, giving it its highest primis, its inner uh, life force. So for example, if you have the, there's the, the fact that this table exists and then there's the fact that this table is a table and not a chair. That's the tzir, the specific tzir of the creations is relating more to the highest primis, which relates to every detail of creation. Whereas the etzim of the, of the of the table, that comes from the oyer which is unlimited and therefore able to create yeshmi'ayin. So from this exalted level of Malchus, which we've been saying is synonymous with Seviv, that is from where all the worlds and creations were brought into being. So there, we're already giving some type of, somewhat of a shaykhis of this exalted level of Malchus to creation. Not a shaykhis panimis, not individualized shaykhis, but a shaykhis uh, makif. the fact that it relates to worlds and it creates them. The fact that it is on the level to create them shows that there must be somewhat of a relationship of this level to worlds. Like we see, for example, in the physical realm, the main sustenance, the main existence, the fact that this this state, this um, province continues to exist and is run properly and doesn't just go into total chaos is because the king rules over it or because of that, or the minister or the governor that rules over that country and he conducts all the affairs of the people of that country. So this is an, a muscle for the Remus level of Malchus because now we're not talking about the king, how he relates to the, to the actual the individual problems of every single person and how he goes down, which would be more of a muscle for the, the you know, I guess the, the people that run each city within that Medina. Here we're talking about the king, how he's totally removed from the Medina, but how does this Medina stay running properly? Only because there's this king, which is totally removed from the Medina, but at the same time, he is in control of the general goings-on of the Medina. So the Remus of Malchus still, the, the, the aspect of the king, how he's totally removed from, from the country, from the province, still has a relationship with the province. And for Kert, Iker Kiyum of Medina, the main fact that this Medina can still exist and not go into total chaos is because there's a king over it. The main fact that the ex- worlds can exist is because of this Remus state of Malchus. There has to be the the awe and the fear of the of the king who is running the country. Through that, that is that's how they're going to be their sustaining existence, and the guarding of their lives. like it says in If it wasn't for the fear of the kingdom of the government, then people would swallow each other up alive. The fear that the subjects in this Medina have from each from the government that itself is the main sustenance the fact that this this country can continue to exist 
in an orderly fashion and not go into total chaos is because of this fear of the king who's totally removed from the Medina. And this Eman Yira does not come from a having a close relationship with the king, a friendly relationship. Rather, it comes from the fact that the king is totally removed from the subjects. And therefore, he is Matul Eman Vayira. He brings a certain uh, awe and reverence from the king because because Davke, because he's removed. If he would be close with them, they wouldn't have this fear, and therefore the country would start going into chaos. Only because he's removed from them and they're in fear of him, and therefore there is this um, orderly Medina. Meaning to say that through the the exalted removed the removedness of the one who's running the country, through that specifically is the continued existence in the orderly way of the people of the country, in their individual lives, in their individual, um, you know, individualized lives, not just in their, in the holistic way. We're talking about the fact that the king is a king and he is feared and he, because he's removed from the whole country, that gives each and individual, every individual, the ability to continue to exist in that country or else each East Israel kind of below each everyone would swallow each other up alive so we see that the individual chayis is really dependent on the kolostika chayis not that the kolostika chayis is relating to the individual chayis but because it's removed because of this this ema therefore everyone's individual life can exist in that country and this also guards them the people of the country the fact that his name is called upon them in fact, this is this this king's country. Whose country is that? Oh, it's this king. Ah, I'm not going to mess with him. The fact that everyone knows all the other all the other Medina around know that this king, it's his, it's the, the country belongs to him, so to say. His name is upon that country. That protects them. That allows them to not be attacked by other countries. So there's two ideas here. The fact that it gives the continued kiyum of the Medina, the fact that there's this yuda, and also it protects the people of the Medina, the fact that everyone around the Medina knows that the king is, this is the king, um, this is the king's country. Now let's take this back in the analog to the Svira Samalchus and its Remus state, the Pneumus Samalchus. That the main sustenance, sustaining existence and life force of all the worlds, which is basically their creation, they're bringing, bringing them into being, comes from Malchus, how it is in its removed and exalted state, removed from worlds. That is where the main existence from the, of the worlds come from. Like I said, that specifically Seviv has the ability to create Yashmi'ain worlds. So therefore, the individual existence of every creation, even though this chayis is not relating to them in an individualized way, according to their each one's different nature, but because it's so high, it has the ability, it's not limited by any g'dari and therefore it has the ability to bring in existence into being, yeshmi'ayin. And what existence is it bringing into being? The individualized existences. So their individualized existence, which has nothing to do with this chayis kloli, is really being sustained by this highest by this by this highest quality by this um this level of malchus totally removed from worlds like we said in the mushal that the individual people's lives is only only continue to exist because of the king how he's totally removed from the nation but the individualized 
life force, the inner life force of all every single world and every creation according to their specific measurement, according to their ability, their capacity. How this chayas comes to inner enclosed in a enclosement, meaning it becomes enclosed within every individual creation according to their capacity. That comes from the level of Malchus, how it's already close, how it becomes a direct source for creation. The level of Malchus, how it becomes the the um, the Kesser, the, 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 basically the source for Biyah. The Malikolam aspect of Malchus. The Chitzenius of Malchus. So, but, so the individualized life force of every single creation, meaning that every single creation should get a different level of revelation of divinity of divine energy within it. That comes from the more level, the lower level of Malchus. But the fact that all these creations exist in the first place, that they should be able to be existing to receive this individualized life force, only comes from the Rambus of Malchus, the Savior There is also a type of mercy which is drawn down onto worlds from the exalted state of Malchus, but it's drawn down to all of the creations equally from that level, because they all are totally equally insignificant compared to that level. Being that we're talking about the level of Malchus, which is totally Savior, encompassing all of them, in the sense where it, it includes all of them equally, because all of them are totally nothing compared to that level. So there is a rachmin which is drawn down to the world inside the Remus of Malchus in a way of a holistic way, everyone equally. Even though this all is from the level of the Remus, the exalted level of Malchus, meaning from the level of Malchus, how he's Hashem Molach Geus Lavish, Hashem is king, he, is, he has garbed himself in grandeur, in Geus. So even though this is all coming from the Reimimus of Malchus, which that's the idea of Hashem Malach Geus Malach Lovish, the Reimimus, the Geus, which is, implies this idea of being exalted, how Hashem is expressing himself through the Pneumus of Malchus, being totally removed from worlds. However, it's meaning even though we're talking about a level which is totally removed from the Geder of Velt, from the Erech of the Elimus, nevertheless, Allah Hukumayak Aklal al still, this is not just a Klal which is totally removed from the Pratim of creation, this is a Klal al this is the general level, which is a the source for the specific um, relationship to worlds. So Malchus has two levels within it. It's the Pneumus of Malchus and the Chetanius of Malchus. The Pneumus of Malchus is totally removed from Velt. But being that we're talking about two levels within Malchus, and the Chetanius of Malchus does have a Shaykhus to Velt, a real Shaykhus, a Pneumistic Shaykhus, so this Klal, even though it, we say that it's Merumim, it's totally removed from Velt, it must be a Remimus which still has somewhat of a Shaykhus to Velt. Because the lower level of Malchus already has a shaykh, it's a direct shaykh. So therefore, it's a klal el prat. It's not a klal which is totally removed from the prat. It's not a totally, in a totally different realm. Whereas the essence of Hashem is totally removed from any relationship to worlds. This is a level of divinity which is still a revelation from Hashem. It still has somewhat of a tzir, of a seviv, meaning of an unlimited revelation. And therefore, it must be, have a, 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 it must be the cloud to the prat. It must have somewhat of a relationship to the, the real seer and the Hagbala of worlds. And that's what we're saying here, that even the Remus of Malchus has this shaykhis, this rachman, which comes in a way of hergish. The bechlal of prat, and then we're talking about a cloud which has, it's the cloud for the prat, the general, which includes within it the pratim, and it's the source of the pratim, hare, a cloud yesh l'shaykhis of the prat. So then the general level has a relationship to the prat which comes from it, which stems out of it. And every detail 
one of these details has a tisus makim has takes has somewhat of an importance and an erech to the klal itself, even though the klal is on a totally higher level than the prat. But being that it stems from the prat, that klal is a klal of that prat. Therefore, the prat has a tisus makim as an importance within the klal. Meaning, even though we're talking about a level of seviv, nevertheless. We're talking about the seviv, how it's related to worlds, and therefore even the worlds have somewhat of a tisus makim, somewhat of a hergish, a kiruv, to that level of malchus, the pimis malchus. Like regarding the idea of numbers, like we've been talking about as an example, as an example for this until now. Haloi gam hamisper, hayoiser godel, hinei hamisper, hayoiser kotten tevis makim gabe. The the biggest number, billion billion whatever, the biggest number. Even the smallest number, one, has somewhat of a closeness of a relationship to the biggest number. Why? They're still within the realm of numbers. Even though the number one is so far from hundred millions and billions, etc. Biggest number. Despite all that, despite this great difference between these two numbers, But this one, this little teeny, teeny number, can take away if you, you can subtract it subtract one from this great number of a billion or you can add to the billion meaning that it still was, is within the realm of the numbers and therefore it can still add to this greatest number or take away from that greatest number because it's still a number now we can bring this back to Malchus um, even though we're talking about Malchus how it's in its, its pure state its exalted state being Malchus of Atzilus not how Malchus of Atzilus has already descended to be a direct source for the highest of Biyah. So even though we're talking about Malchus of Atzilus, even though it's totally at that state, how it is in its natural state within Malchus, it's totally removed and disconnected from worlds. And at that state, it's called a save of Kloli. It's a general life force which includes them all in a general way, not 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 relating to the individual details of the creations. Adain, it's still in a general way. Despite that, it's still what? It's a seviv to the worlds. It still has a relationship to worlds. It's a seviv, it's a general life force for what? A general life force for what? Implies that it's a life force for something, for worlds. Meaning to say that the worlds do have somewhat of an importance even on that exalted level of Malchus. It's a general, it's the source for the individualized life force eventually. It's the general in that level, the individual life force is there, is still included there in a, in a general way. It relates to the worlds in general, but still the point is that this is a life force for what? For worlds, for subjects. So therefore the fact that it does have somewhat of a relationship to worlds, even though it's in a general way, the worlds do have somewhat of a tfises makim, of an importance to that level. Lochim. Therefore, there could say, even the rachim, which is drawn down from that exalted level of malchus, the name of malchus, the seviv, you could even call that still a inyan of hergish, a feeling of closeness to the worlds, because there is a shaykhis, a tvises makim to the worlds on that level, even though it's not a, a hergish prati, like the mamali call him, but it's a hergish quality. Now this last couple lines of, the, of this ice are hard to understand. So there's a couple ways I feel like you can understand it. It says, So from all this you can derive... That all the more so that when we're talking about Chemla, which is even higher level, which is higher than Rachman, we just said, Chemla specifically derives from Avas Oilam, the eternal love, which is the essential love which Hashem has from us, which comes from his very essence, the fact that we are 
essentially connected with the essence of our souls to the essence of Hashem. Therefore, there's an eternal love because nothing can disturb that essence. For sure, for sure, at this level, there is, it's possible to talk about this idea of hergish, this feeling of closeness to the creations. So what does this mean? Because seemingly we're talking about Hashem's very essence. This is a level which is so um, removed, it's even it's not even together the, the world. Therefore, it's not like we said earlier, the fact that we're saying that it's above worlds means that there, that implies that there is a shaykh to worlds. The fact that you're still comparing this level to worlds, even though you're comparing it in a, a way of remimus, but that still implies that there's comparison. That, but here we're talking about Hashem's very essence. He's not together. He's not even in the same realm of creation at all. So therefore, how can we say that there is any hergish, any kiruv here, of the creations to this level of Hashem's um, essential being? So therefore, this is why it's hard to understand. We might say the movement to all the more so the bechem la This level of chemla, which comes from the higher, highest love, which is the avanitzchis, which is the essential, eternal love, which comes from the very essence of Hashem. That for sure, on this level, shayeching and hergish. Why is it for sure? Seemingly a mikol shekin. What we're talking about until now is the lower level, a level of rachmim, which stems from a level of divinity which is still within the realm of um, limitation, even though it's above eshtalshlos, the chain of creation, but it still has a certain seer to it. Whereas we're talking about the very essence of Hashem from which flows this avas oilam. <coughs> so this chemla seemingly cannot be a mikol shekin at all for so therefore, either you can understand it as, no, the fact that we're calling it chemla, we said earlier, what is chemla? We said in on page 37 that chemla is the, the, the result that comes from the Ava Atzmis is chemla, which is higher than all the levels of Rachman, even the highest level of Rachman. We said the chemla comes in two ways. One, the Aldavar Yeser Nailav something which is very, very special, something which is very precious. Its existence is very precious. It's not so found. So that's what you could say, chemla. And the second thing is, chemla is something which is very low. So seemingly, this feeling of chemla is still implying a certain connection to the subject of this chemla. Either because it's so precious, therefore I have a chemla for it, or because it's so pitiful, I also have a feeling for it. Which implies that there is a type of, some type of shaykhis, even between this highest feeling of chemla and the subject of the upon which the chemla is applying to. So therefore, the fact that we still are comparing, so to say, we're still applying this feeling to something outside of itself implies that there is a feeling of hergish here, even from this highest level, the highest level of chemla, which stems from the ava atmis, the ava nitzchis. There still is a idea of hergish, a feeling of closeness. A tefisas mokim of the of the subjects have somewhat of an importance from the perspective of even this highest level of chemla. So we can conclude from all this. The other more so. The even chemla therefore has this feeling. It's still hard to understand why it's mikol well, Maybe you could say that mikol shekin. If all the more so, if by chemla, which is the highest level, we're still saying that it's a chemla, like you said, that it applies to something which is either yoker mitzias or very cholish vodafa, meaning that it takes into account the state, the individual state of the creation, of the subject. Even at this highest level, chemla has some type of the, 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 
the Nivra has some type of Shaykhis, of Tisus Malkim, all the more so the level of Rachim has also a Inyan of Hergish. Even if, if, if by Chemla, which is the highest state of expression of mercy, still on that level there is an importance to the subject. And that's why Chemla applies to something which is Yakar Mitzis, meaning it's still taking into account the level, the state of the, of the subject. It's very precious or it's very pitiful. If on that highest level there is this Tfisas Makim, which implies this idea of Hergish, then all the more so on the lower levels of Rachmim there is a Tfisas Makim in of Hergish. Kind of two opposite ways of understanding this line. Anyways, moving on to Oisvav. So this is the intent of this request, which we're asking in the uh, second blessing of the Shema, the Ava Soyil, and we say, and we spoke about this earlier, we asked questions on it. He said, please do not let us get embarrassed and not ashamed and not stumble forever and ever. So just to go back, we spoke about on this, on page 37 also. So we said, after all these different requests we ask from Hashem to help us understand his Torah and to connect to, to connect to him and his mitzvahs, we say, to understand why is the seemingly double lushing, two words which imply embarrassment. Then we said, busha, it's for the fact that a person is embarrassed to himself. But klima, a shame, implies which he's being embarrassed in, in public. And so we see that klima is a even greater disgrace than busha. So you have to understand what's this idea of a bush of a klima that we're asking that we shouldn't have in the late nevish and kolim. Why these two levels? What are they referring to? And also you have to understand it says leni koshel, which comes after this bush and klima. Seemingly, um, it should have been it should have said leni koshel. We should not stumble. And then, if because we won't stumble, therefore we won't be embarrassed, we won't be ashamed and embarrassed. It would be under, it would, then it would be understood the um, that we're we're asking Hashem this this bakasha, we're asking please Hashem. Guard us from any mikshel, from any stumbling block, in order that we shouldn't become embarrassed. We shouldn't have this shame from other people, and even more so, we shouldn't even have a. Um, we shouldn't have nikolim. And even if it's the the, the the stumbling block is very small, we shouldn't even have um, the, which doesn't have this idea of of, of klima, which is even bigger. We said, and also, please Hashem, guard us from the smaller thing, the nevish. However, when we're saying first the busha and the klima, and only afterwards we're saying, please Hashem, let us not stumble. So we understand that the, the michshoil, this stumbling block is actually a continuation of the busha and the klima, of the, of the embarrassment and the shame. Meaning that through the things that bring about the busha and klima, afterwards that causes the stumbling block. So it would make, it would make more sense that the stumbling block was just causing the shame of the person. Please, Hashem, guard us from the stumbling blocks. So we shouldn't come to the shame. But here it's saying, no, that the shame and the, and the embarrassment is what's causing the stumbling block. And this type of mikshal saying here is a loyilam vod. It's something which you're, where you're forever going to be in a state of being of being pushed over. And chedas, that doesn't make any sense. Nothing stands before tshuva. So therefore, how could there be a mikshal, something which a, it was going to cause you to stumble, go against the will of Hashem, and be constantly distanced from him? That doesn't make any sense. Tshuva will always help. And then we went into the whole discussion of Rachman. Um, in the beginning of the Maimur, we also said that um, the beginning of the Maimur, we spoke about and we said, what is this talking about? This whole request is speaking about we shouldn't be embarrassed, shamed, and have a stumbling block all regarding the service of prayer. 
So that's another interesting thing. This whole idea of is all referring to the service of prayer. So now we're going back to that. So this is the Teichen of Akasha, the service of prayer is a, an individual, personal obligation, meaning not something which you can apply to somebody else uh, and have somebody else fulfill it for you. You have to do it yourself. You have to be involved and engaged in, in the service of prayer to fulfill what's the whole point of here of prayer. Because the whole point of davening is what? And basically the idea of connection, of attachment, of merging of two beings together. So the whole idea of tefillah is, tveikis is the attachment, the merging of the soul into godliness. So that's why it's a cheves kavra, that your soul, your individual personal soul, your purpose now is to connect it, to attach it to Hashem, to lose yourself into godliness. You have to do it yourself. And through and in prayer and through prayer, through the Sabbath of prayer, it, we cause the uplifting, the ascending of all of the birudim, of all of the process of refining divine sparks that are trapped into the physical existence through prayer, which is called a sulamot of artsa, a ladder which comes all the way from the artsa, from the artsius, from the ground, from the physical existence of, the, of our whole day, and it reaches all the way up to the shemaima, to godliness. The whole process of prayer basically is you're uplifting your own individual soul attaching to godliness, thereby also connecting any spark which you have come in contact with throughout the whole day in your involvement in the physical, in the physical realm, attaching those sparks also back to their divine sources. So through the, this attachment that you're affording to your soul during prayer, through the love which you, you um, arouse during prayer, which is the desire to connect, and basically through this idea of the surrendering of your whole will to Hashem, Mesiris Nefesh, Mesiris and giving your whole soul up to Hashem, you're basically connecting yourself, you're sending, you're attaching your soul back to Godliness, and thereby also connecting all the divine sparks which you have uplifted, refined, have freed from their entrapping in physical reality, connecting them back to Godliness. And also, through davening, not only are you uplifting everything to connect back to the source, but also drawing down the supernal uh, influence, supernal influx of energy down here. Why? Because also during prayer, what's the whole point of prayer? Shemayin Esrei. Then the Shemayin Esrei, the 18 or 19 actually blessings, the whole idea of brachis is what? Is hamshachis. You're drawing down the influx of divinity into this world. So not only is it a time of ascent of your own individual soul and attaching it to godliness and all the sparks that you've come to contact with, but also a time of drawing down divinity into this world to bring about all the blessings which we're talking about, the content of all the blessings in the Shemayin How do we know that this is the purpose of prayer? Like I just quoted before, that it says about in the dream of Yaakov, when he fell asleep on the place of the base of Mikdash, it says, I saw in my dream a ladder which was standing from the earth on the ground, and the head, the top of the ladder, reached all the way to the heavens. And it continues, it says that, and there was angels of Hashem were ascending on this ladder and descending on it. So first, so this Zoya, the Zoya on this, on this verse says that it's referring to the Avoida of prayer. The prayer is a time when you're basically connecting your artsius, the it's a ladder. There's rungs of your of the davening. I mean, there's different stages of davening. Like it says in Kabbalah that basically four stages when you break down the tefillah into four different stages and being the um the um Sukhid Zimra and Berkhis Krishma 
and Shema and Shemina Esrei, those are four stages that are already referring to the four worlds, Asiya, Yetzira, Bria, Atzilus, and you're ascending each rung of the ladder higher and higher, attaching your soul to you get to Shemina Esrei, attach it directly to Hashem, to uh, Hashem's very essence. And that's the idea of the ladder of prayer. And on this ladder, it says, not only is, are your, is your soul ascending, but the Malach Yalekim, the angels of Hashem, are going up the ladder and down the ladder. So that's referring to the divine sparks, which, you're, which you dealt with, which are the Malach Yalekim, these angels of Hashem, these sparks, you're connecting them back through this ladder of prayer, back to Hashem. And then what is it? And then also says they go down. So, Oilem first the angels go up. Shuhu that's referring to the ascent of the, all the divine sparks that you were in contact with all day, which is brought about through your attachment of your soul to its source, through prayer. And afterwards, it says that they go down the ladder. That's referring to when you end this service of prayer, you get to the top of the ladder in Shemayin Essay, then you ask Hashem, please, Baruch Hashem, heal the sick, bless the ears. You're now pulling down the divine influence down into this world. So that's the descent of the angels now, the descent of the divinity down this ladder of prayer. The and now every single person, every individual person, every yid was given um, was given a specific a an actual service that what he individually has to bring about, has to affect in his process of birudim of refining divine sparks in this world and through the descent of his soul into this into his body, into this physical world. Everyone was given a specific purpose, what he has to basically accomplish in this world, through the descent of his soul into this world. What specific sparks do does he, does his neshama have to uplift? Like it says in a bunch of places, with the fact that you live in a certain place is not just by chance, it's because Hashem, Hashem guides the footsteps of man. The fact that you live in this place is because your soul purpose can be fulfilled in this place. The divine sparks which are in your individual, in your, in your immediate surroundings, is what you have to uplift. And that's why your Neshama came down to this world, for that specific purpose. And for this purpose, a person was given a, a certain amount of days, a certain amount of letters of both thought and speech. How many thoughts, how many how many? Uh, sentences is this person going to think or say in the duration of his lifetime like it says that the person was given a certain amount of days days were formed and for him there is one within them what does that mean the deeper explanation of this verse the point the point here is we're saying that every person has a, a specific purpose in the sense of his soul to this world how many sparks and what sparks he has to uplift and therefore in order to fulfill that purpose he was only given a certain amount of days, in a certain amount of, like the Baal Shem Tev says, a certain amount of letters to speak and to think in order to accomplish this purpose. And when he reaches the end of how many of those specific letters that he was given to say speak, then his 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 time is up. Hashem formed, Hashem gave a person an amount of days to live. What does it mean? The deeper explanation here is that the whole purpose of these days that Hashem gave the person is is to draw down the echad bohem into those days, into the world. The whole purpose of a person's lifespan in this world and his thoughts and his speeches 
everything that he was given is all in order to be rooted, to uplift the specific sparks which his soul is attracted to, which his soul has a connection to. To draw down the echod, the oneness of Hashem, to make the reality of Hashem's oneness felt within this physical world, wherever he is, in his um, specific place. And that is the whole idea of, of, of prayer. Not only are you uplifting your reality and connecting it back to divinity, you're also being mamshich the echod. You're being mamshich um, through the through the brachas of Shemayin Esri. You're drawing down divinity into your reality, into your world. And you were given, your soul came down to this world for that specific purpose and given a certain amount of days to fulfill that purpose. The loy echad bahem. But together with this, meaning even though this is the person's purpose, the, re- the, the reason his soul came down to this world was only in order to fulfill this purpose, but a person was also given free choice, which is one of the foundations of our faith. We have the, the ability. It says, I've, I've placed before you today life and death, good and, good and evil. Choose life. Hashem is giving us a direction. He's saying, please choose life. This is, the, this is what's going to be good for you. It's life. But Hashem gives us the ability to choose. Bacharta. He has the ability to choose whatever he wants. So when a person makes this choice that the letters that he was given to fulfill his purpose in this in this reality, in his soul's coming down to this world, if he uses those letters for Dvar for useless idle chatter, for useless talk, which doesn't have to do anything with his purpose, with bringing divinity, with bringing Hashem's presence into this world. Besides the fact that he's now a sinner and he's going to receive a punishment according to the laws of the Torah for not fulfilling his purpose and for using idle chatter and whatever else, like it says, all these different things which he's going to be punished for. Besides that, he now he's going to also need as the soul when it when it ascends when it leaves this world goes before it's going to be able to get into Gan Eden it's going to have to go through a whole cleansing process to an edel, in, in order that his soul should be pure enough to enter that, that pure world divine world of Gan Eden so his soul is going to have to go through the purgatory of the grave the kafakela and this slingshot that explains in Kabbalah what these two different processes are Basically, cleansing processes which was, which which are intense and very very painful for the soul, which but all in order that the soul should be cleansed. Um, like it says, when a person's like the marshal brings in different places to this, in order to the, get stains, deep 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 rooted stains in, in, out of a piece of clothing, you have to put into very very hot hot water to burn them out. So so too, in order to get these deep stains that a person has caused is in his neshama from his sins out of the person's neshama has to go through this really intense cleansing process of a heat but obviously of a spiritual heat spiritual pain in order to extract these letters which he used which was given part of his purpose he used them for the impure things so now he has to now have this extracting process taking out these letters from their state of impurity Again, like the muscle I just, just I just used, so it's a similar to the idea of the the the, the baggage, the piece of uh, clothing which was gathered a lot of different dust and became very very dirty. So the dirt now is very very deep, deeply ingrained in this in this in this piece of clothing. In order to get out 
these stains from this from this piece of clothing it has to go through a laundry but in a very very in boiling water or very very cold water but before he goes to that process where he's going to actually get the stains out on the next page now 41 first you have to go through this kafakela the slingshot process of the, of the neshama goes through meaning first to shake out the piece of clothing from all the dust that's on it as much as you can get out all the dust off from it shake it as hard as you can and then you're going to put it into the boiling water to get out the stains which you still can't get out from the shaking the dust off of it so through first you have to lick as a beged to shake the beged around to remove all the dust from it then you go through and you put it in this boiling water to get out the deep stains so too, this is what happens, the process the Shama goes through, if it doesn't fulfill its purpose, and if it uses its letters of speech and thought for the wrong things, for tumadika things. It has to go through these two stages. That it has to first go through the, the kafakela, the chibata kever, is basically this, the, like it says in, in, in different places, like Siddhas and Kabbalah, that the, the, the Shama is now basically taken from the, the, the deepest darkest places in Elamazeh, the worst things which when he went against, against the Shem in, this, in his life, and he slingshot it from there, and then back to the highest, most spiritual, divine, you know, pleasure, and then he keeps getting slingshotted back and forth, which is such a pain for the Neshama. So that's the shaking out of the garment, the shaking out of the Neshama, and then it goes through the place of the process of Gehenim, which is actually the fire of Gehenim, the burning, you know, intense fires of Gehenim, which the Ramban says is obviously no comparison uh, to that fire in this world, to the fire of Gehenim, which gets out the stains actually from the sins which the Pagamim, the Ksamim, which he caused in his Neshama. That's the same process the Neshama has to go through if it doesn't do its purpose, it doesn't use its allotted days and years and, and allotted letters for the, light, the right things. And it says in the verse, Hashem basically made plans that it, there should never be anyone that's that anyone that was pushed away from Hashem should never continuously um, always be pushed away from Hashem. So a soul which did not fulfill its shlichus, its purpose, its mission in uplifting the divine sparks from its reality in this world. In order, I mean, as it was placed upon the soul, this specific, this specific purpose. And so, basically, instead of being involved in fulfilling its mission in this world, uplifting divine sparks from their being trapped in the physical reality, and this specific personal um, neshama, its specific purpose, wherever it is in this world. So, if a neshama didn't fulfill its purpose, and the time that it was given to be in this world. What did it do? It, instead, it was engaged in things of hevel, of worthlessness, and all the specific amount of letters that the neshama was given in this world, which were for the sake of which it was given in order to involve these letters, in the letters of prayer, in the letters of Torah. So what did it, instead, this person it didn't fulfill his mission, he used these letters which he was given, not, not only for um, boy, obviously, and needless to say, he used them for Advar Masurim, for forbidden things, which are forbidden thoughts, thoughts about things which are not allowed to think about, of, you know, thinking about the Inyoni Aznus, etc. 
But with Rechilus, he used his, his speech in things of Rechilus, slander, Lashon Hara, speaking bad about other people. Even we're talking about things which are not forbidden. Even if a person used his his letters of thought and speech for things which are not totally forbidden according to the Torah, but idle chatter, worthless, worthless speech. Meaning he's talking about things which are not forbidden, but at the same time have no toichen, have no godly purpose, nothing to relate to Hashem at all in them. So therefore, also these things. So after he has to go through this process and neshama to go back, get, go up to Ganeden, the, the different punishments that it's get that's going to get it's going to go through of being shaken around, like I said, shaking the, to get the dust off of it, and then it has to go through the cleansing process of the boiling fires of Gehenim. So then, then this neshama that really didn't use its purpose, didn't fulfill its mission. It's, it, it's caused it to send back to the world again, another time, two or three times. It could be many times. And each time it comes down to this world, it's now purified in a certain way. Until finally, it keeps coming down to this world, until finally it fulfills its purpose, the mission that it, that specific neshama has. That is this whole process that the neshama goes through. And tefillah, the whole purpose of what is tefillah, is basically now connecting, attaching your neshama back to its source, and therefore fulfilling the purpose of these birudim. Because throughout the whole day, if you actually do your business, Hashem Shemayim, and everything you do, you eat and you drink and you sleep for the sake of Avedis Hashem, to give you energy to learn Torah and to daven and to do mitzvahs, so you're now uplifting all these physical things, and now you ha- in your tefillah you connect them all back to their divine source, and you draw down divinity when you do the shemina esrei. So now you're used. That's fulfilling the purpose of the descent of your soul to this world. That is fulfilling the purpose. If you use all the letters in the, the of speech and thought for learning Torah and um, davening, but a person has free choice, and he he could be he's not going to use it. And what happens if he doesn't use it? And he has to be go through this cleansing process. And then after he even goes to the cleansing process, he didn't fulfill his mission. So the Shema has to come back down here and again, uplift the specific sparks which it came down here to uplift. And then the only way to connect them back to the source is through tefillah. Everyone has an individual, personal obligation to tefillah because you have to connect your sparks that you have a connection to back to divinity. Now this we can understand. Finally, what we're requesting from Hashem, please don't be, let us be embarrassed, don't let us be shamed. And do not let us stumble. So now, what are the two expressions of Busha, which are seemingly a kafel lashing? He said, "Please don't let us be embarrassed in this world." It's referring to this world. Don't let us be ashamed in the world to come. And so, in this world, it's just called Busha. Why? Because a person doesn't really know the inner workings, what's going on inside his friend, the secrets, the deep, dark skeletons in the closet that person has. And in this world, you have to only look at the good of every person. Um, so therefore, you don't know what's really happening in your, in your friend. But the person that knows himself, obviously, he's very embarrassed to himself from the things which he's done. So that's why Busha, like we said earlier, Busha implies just a misbayish benilabinatsmai. It's an embarrassment 
just to himself. Nobody else knows about it. It's not a public embarrassment. It's not a public shaming. So that's why in this world, we're saying, in this world, please don't let me have and go through an embarrassment in this world. Please basically don't let me do things which I'm going to be embarrassed about because I know these things which I've done. Nobody else knows about it because every single person, according to the tear away, has to look at me and favorably. And you have to only see the good in your friend. So therefore, lay nevesh in this world, please help me, Hashem, not do things which I'm going to be embarrassed about in this world. But in the world to come, in that world, it's the world of truth. Meaning everyone sees, it's all exposed then. Everything's called out. There's nothing that's hidden there. If a person doesn't do truva, doesn't do repent, for what he did in this world, and this world is the time when you can do tshuva, this is the world of action, whereas in the world uh, to come, it's just the Kabbalah Shadam, you just get your reward for what you did in this world. So therefore, in this world, you have the ability to change your lot and do tshuva. In the world to come, it's not shayich, you can't have the idea of tshuva. You don't, you're not accepting, you're not receiving your tshuva in the world to come. And this was this is the world where you have to do everything. The world of action, the world of work. So, this is that we're saying, please don't let us be shamed and publicly embarrassed in the world to come. Why? So the klima, that's happening in the, in, 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 when you're embarrassed publicly. This is one of the greatest uh, punishments that a person can receive, be publicly embarrassed. And this is what we're saying, please do not let us be publicly shamed in the world to come when if we didn't do truva in this world, we're going to come up there with all it's going to be exposed to everything that we've done and everyone's going to see all the bad things we've done and therefore it's going to be a public embarrassment which that's one of the greatest um, punishments which is basically going to bring a kapara to the neshama. Like we know that a person that embarrasses somebody it says um, better that a person should throw himself into a fiery furnace than to be embarrassed in public. And Chazal say one of the greatest punishments and therefore the greatest kapara but please, Hashem, don't let us be. Don't let me be nevish. Don't let me be embarrassed. My, my personal embarrassment in this world. Please, Hashem, help me not stumble on this, doing things which I'm going to be embarrassed about. Please, Hashem, let me let me not be shamed publicly in the world to come. Help me do tshuva in this world so that I shouldn't be shamed. It should be all exposed when I get to the world to come. All the things that I've done. And even more so now, we understand why this this request comes last. Please, let me not stumble forever and ever. Dehine, what does that mean? When the resurrection of the dead happens, all the bodies of the of, of human of humans are going to be resurrected. All those who need to be resurrected according to the laws of the Torah. But that's what the Torah says. Everyone, everyone who basically deserves the is going to be. Um, Everyone's going to be. Everyone's going to be resurrected, according to like the Torah says. Everyone's going to be resurrected. But after everyone's resurrected, you did the mishpat. Then there's going to be a judgment, a judgment and a case of every single person. Many of those of the people who are sleeping in the in the earth, in the dust of the earth, are going to get up. Some people for the eternal life, the world to come. And some people are going to be getting up after the resurrection to go through a true cherpa embarrassment for forever. So 
for now, where's Nevesh Leilambud? Or Lady Kosh Leilambud. He's not going to stumble forever and ever. So that's referring to the time after Tchias uh, after the resurrection of the dead, which everyone's going to be resurrected. Then there's going to be a judgment about every single person's life. Many of those who are sleeping in the earth are going to get up, and some people are going to end to be judged to go uh, eternal life. That's why it's now we're understanding why it says forever and ever. And some people are going to have an eternal embarrassment. And this is now we understand with a stumbling block which can last forever. Even though we said earlier that you can do tshuva, how can be a stumbling block forever? Which is referring to it only comes after the busha after the embarrassment and the shame which a person goes through in this world and the next world. And then he comes to the michshel, uh, the, the michshel, the stumbling block in the resurrection of the dead. So, like we said earlier, that these two things is what can cause, what can bring about the, the last thing. Going back to page 37, we said that the michshel is a hemshech of the bushel klima. So that, why is it a hemshech? Because this michshel is talking about is talking about the time of tchesamesim, which is going to be after the neshama already goes up and goes through this all this process of ilam abad, the process of the cleansing, etc. Where in the in the almadasi where everything's exposed. After that comes tchesamesim, where everyone has to be resurrected and then go through a judgment process. And then that we said that I'm reading from page 37 that through the through the things which cause the bush and the klima those same things cause a stumbling block. So that's what we think. The, the, the sins that a person did in this world if he didn't do tshuva for them and they weren't they weren't totally atoned for and cleansed from the person in the then what's going to happen he's going to come to be judged for those things and still going to be punished for them and ha- and go through another embarrassing process, process like we said. Sometimes some people are going to be Eilelecherpes. So, this is the Mikshel Leilam. After the Bushel Beilam Zeh, the Hemshech, after the Bushel Beilam Zeh and the Klima Leilam Ba, there can also be a Mikshel, a stumbling block, and a further embarrassment from the judgment that he's going to be going through, the judgment in Tchesem So this is what we're we're supplicating, we're asking for Hashem to have mercy upon us and our davening. Please, Hashem, let us not be embarrassed in this world. And what does it mean? How are we not going to be embarrassed in this world? By doing tshuva. If we do tshuva, then we, don't, we won't be embarrassed about the things which we've done because we regret them and we've made a firm decision not to do them again. So therefore, we won't be personally embarrassed because we're the only one that knows what's going on in our personal life. If we do tshuva, we won't be embarrassed about our, you know, won't be embarrassed about our own actions, our own life. Um, and therefore, please, Hashem, ask, I'm asking, let me, let me not be embarrassed. Help me do tshuva in this world. Inspire me to do tshuva in this world. Uh, and automatically, if I do tshuva in this world, I won't be ashamed in the world to come. Because then I won't, there, all my things will already be uh, atoned for, and therefore, I won't have this public shaming where I'll be exposed to the But And then, also, please let me not have, go through the stomach block, which is a turtle stomach block, which is referring to please Hashem, let me do the right things, fulfill the purpose of my neshama's coming down to this world and not use it for vanity and for worthless things. Help me fulfill my purpose, purpose basically. It's 
Help me please to make the right choices, do the right things, do teshuva for anything I did wrong, so that I won't go through any of these, these busha, klima, or even the mikshal of the judgment which happens in Tchesa Mesim. Um, rather on the contrary Hashem please we're asking you supplicating before you help me fulfill the purpose of my Shama's descent into this world into this physical body which is to fulfill that Hashem's desire like, this, like the uh, Medrash says Hashem's desire is to have a dwelling place in this lower realm in our physical world and that is only accomplished through Doing Tayyidah Mitzvahs and through the Aveda Sabiyadurim, uplifting all the physical things in this world, connecting them back to godliness, drawing down godliness into this world, the reality of Hashem's oneness into this world. That's why you were given a certain amount of days and years, and your Neshama came down here, and you want to fulfill it down here. Please, Hashem, don't let me go through these, all these embarrassing things. Help me fulfill my purpose in this world. With that, we conclude the Mimer.